The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray together? Lord, open our hearts and minds that that by the power of your Holy Spirit we may hear your word and we may receive what you say to us with joy and thanksgiving. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Can you imagine what Jonah looked like, how different Jonah looked, having spent three days in the belly of a big fish and being belched up on the beach? Can you imagine what he looked like? I mean, seaweed strung in his hair, clothes bleached out, all tan gone away. I mean, can you imagine how different Jonah smelled after, after spending three days in the belly of a big fish and being belched up on the beach? By the way, that's just fun to say. <laughs> can you, I mean, I mean, when is the last time you got out the iron skillet and put it on your stove and cooked a piece of fish in your kitchen without opening the windows and fumigating the house for three days afterwards. Can you imagine how different Jonah sounded after spending three days in the belly of a big fish and being belched up on the beach? I mean, I, I, I've never spent three days in the belly of a big fish and gotten belched up on the beach, but I imagine it felt like a new life for him, a brand new beginning, a redemption and salvation, an opportunity to start over. And so Jonah, Jonah walked into the middle of the city, and there he was in the middle of the city, different looking, different smelling and different sounding. And he said, 40 days more and God will destroy this city. Now, as I read and studied this week, some, some scholars said that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. And we read that in the first chapter. That's how he ended up three days in the belly of the big fish and belched up on the beach. And some discuss why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Some say it's because Nineveh, he thought Nineveh was beyond all hope. Some say it's because he wasn't from Nineveh and he knew he wouldn't be welcomed in Nineveh. You know how sometimes people are, insiders and outsiders. Some, some say it's, it's because They weren't 
Well, they didn't worship the same God. But Jonah went anyway, and, and, and I believe in his first calling, his response to run was because he knew precisely how much hope the Ninevites actually had. That if indeed they heard and responded to God's call, God would in fact be faithful to deliver them from destruction. Now it says Nineveh was, was a three days journey. Well, that would be a city that was 60 miles across. Archaeology tells us that Nineveh was about three square miles. A little bit bigger than Bevel Oaks, a little bit smaller than Kuntz, to put it in perspective for you. Beaumont's about 89 square miles. It was a capital city at one point. It was a palace city for the king. So even though it wasn't much bigger than Bevel Oaks and was a little bit smaller than, than Kuntz, it was ornate and fancy and marvelous. And there was this bleached out, seaweed-strung, second-chance man in the middle of the city proclaiming God's Word. And you know what they did? They listened, and they heard, and they took what they heard to heart, and they repented, it says. They changed their ways. It says they put on sackcloth and sat in ashes. It's interesting to me sometimes the verses that get left out of the lectionary. Verses 6 through 9 says this, when the news reached the king of Nineveh, the king, he rose from his throne and removed his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. There's, 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 there's a lesson in leadership. It starts with the king. It then says that, that he and the nobles proclaimed a fast throughout the city. And, and the king didn't just put sackcloth on top of his fine robe. He didn't just sprinkle a little bit of ashes on his throne. He took off his robe. He stepped out of his throne, and he repented of his way. And he joined the people where they lived. They listened, they heard, and they responded. And God was faithful and relented of the destruction, delivering the people from that awful end. I went to our district training yesterday and I listened to the Reverend Morris Mathis share news with us about the United States of America. And in a Pew Research project, he shared these statistics with us. From 2007 to 2014, the United States has grown by 18 million people. And those who profess Christ has decreased 
by 7%. While those who profess no affiliation to faith practice at all has increased by 8%. Another way to look at it is, is, is that, that 20% of the people in the United States actually go to church. Another 20% say, yeah, we go to church, but they don't. <laughs> and another 20% say, you know, we'd go if somebody would invite us. And 40% say, we're not walking through the door of a church. So if you run the numbers real quick for Beaumont, Texas, that's about just under 24,000 people in church this morning or sometime this weekend. And 24,000 people who say they do, but they're not here. <laughs> and 24,000 people who would be here, we'd have to run service all day long, who would be here if somebody would invite them. And of the millennials that our youngest adult generation, one-third more than one-third of that generation say they have no affiliation to faith practice whatsoever. See, here's the thing, folks. We don't have to walk a day's journey into Beaumont. We are already where? In the heart of the city. We are already in the heart of the city right now. Folks, we don't have to spend three days in the belly of a big fish because we've endured the big three, Rita, Ike, and Harvey. Friends, we don't have to be belched up on the beach because we have already been transformed, and we are seeking transformation continually because of God's sanctifying grace. That's why we have a J-Term Discipleship Academy to study the five means of grace. That's why in Lent we will be highlighting these five means of grace each week so that we might continually be transformed into the image of Christ. You see, for the world today, as the church, as part of the body of Christ, we have to look differently. Just as Jonah looks different, we have to see our world differently. We have to put on the lenses of love and mercy and grace as we look out across our city. Because if we don't put on the lenses of love, mercy, and grace, how are we ever going to love the city with the heart of Christ? We have to look at our neighbors differently. We have to smell differently. And I'm not talking about our hygiene. I'm talking about stinking thinking, as they name in 12-step programs. We have to get our stinking thinking out of our brain and realize that every single person in every single space of God's great creation is a child of God. 
and in some way is broken and hurting and desperately needing the Word of God. Desperately wanting to hear somebody say, there is hope and I know who brings the hope. We have to see people differently. We have to think about people differently. And we have to sound differently to those people. I want to invite you over the next several weeks to begin writing down your 45-second elevator speech of the difference that God has made in your life so that when you have an opportunity to share with somebody why you are participating in faith practice in this congregation, you can rattle it off just like that. I'll tell you mine. The people of God, the very presence of the risen Christ has helped me to find the family that I have longed for my whole childhood and adult life. No matter where I've been sent, I have found faithful people who love the Lord and love and welcome me. I have made friends out of strangers and have friends that are stranger than most. (laughs) Y'all got that. (laughs) Who accept me for who I am, warts and all, who love me in spite of myself and want me to be better than I can possibly be all by myself. And so we gather together, we study together, we pray together, we serve together, and we reach this city in the name of Jesus Christ together. Because we want to see a different church. We want to see a different city. We want to see a different world, and it begins with us, and it begins now. Celebrating the presence of the risen Christ together each and every day of our lives. Because here's what I know. Transformed people transform people. If you want to grow, if you want to become the person God desires you to become, hang out with folks who jump into the means of grace. You don't know what to… I don't even know where to begin in reading this big book. There's so many books. There's so many chapters. There's so many verses. I don't even know where to start. Read a little bit today, morning and evening. Severio reminded us that John Wesley taught that we believe and profess that the searching of Scripture is for the transforming of our lives. And if we remain yet untransformed, we will see and be the same as we always have been. And implicit and part of in the bones and DNA of our lives 
as followers of Jesus Christ is growth and becoming who Christ calls us to be. You see, we say that we are those who will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We say we are those who will surround one another with a community of love and forgiveness that we may grow in our trust of God, that we may be found faithful in our service to others. We say that we are those who will pray for one another, that we may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. We say that we are those who are being transformed so that we might transform the world for the sake of Jesus Christ. And folks, I want to answer that call today. Folks, I want to follow that Jesus today. Folks, I want to live that life today because Lord knows I don't want to end up three days in the belly of a big fish belched up on the beach to have to tell you this again next week. Amen? Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.